You're listening to a Frequency Podcast Network production in association with City News. You don't need news anchors and politicians and even comedians to tell you that everything is getting more expensive. But they're going to do that anyway. It seems like these days everyone's talking about how bad inflation is. How bad is it, Trent? It's so bad, yesterday I had to put a tank of gas on layaway. Dollarama will soon be selling items with a $5 price tag. Everything's more expensive right now. Just the cost to get goods into the stores is more expensive. Gas is more expensive. Over 60% of Canadians are saying they're worried about feeding their families based on what's going on. Inflation sucks. It sucks for people who can afford the basics. It sucks a lot more for people who can't. It sucks for frontline employees who have to listen to complaints about prices that they don't set. And theoretically, at least, it sucks for companies that have to hike prices just to keep their costs in line. Only about that last one. How would you know if your favorite store or manufacturer was hiking their prices because the raw components had become more expensive or because supply chain issues raised their shipping costs or because a labor market desperate for workers had cost them a ton of money just to keep their staff employed? The answer is, you wouldn't. So all we can do is look at inflation rates, look at the costs of goods and shipping and everything else, and most importantly, look at the expenses and profits publicly traded companies are reporting. So let's do that. And let's try to figure out where all that extra money you're spending is really going. I'm Jordan Heath-Rawlings. This is The Big Story. Jacob Lawrence is a business reporter at the Toronto Star. Hey, Jacob. Hey, thanks for having me. No problem. I want to just start with where we're at with inflation these days. Um, As I said in the intro, Every single Canadian doesn't need me to tell them that things are more expensive. But can we quantify that? What kind of inflation are Canadian consumers grappling with right now in general? So the relevant number uh, for this conversation is 6.2%. And just to give some context on what that number means. So when the pandemic started, consumer prices plummeted. Uh, When restrictions started to really lift around this time last year, uh, not just in Ontario uh, or Canada, but in parts of the U.S. too, suddenly demand uh, surged for virtually everything and prices shot up. And uh, so the consumer price index, which is our best measure of these fluctuations in Canada, shows that uh, over the course of the pandemic, the average cost of goods has increased by about 6.2%. In the past year, uh, from March 2021, consumer prices grew about 5.7%. And so that's a big deal. Uh, For historical perspective, we haven't seen this kind of increase in about 30 years. When people hear the word inflation and hear, you know, those percentages that you just gave us, what do we typically assume are the causes driving these increases? Yeah, so usually we we think of inflation in somewhat vague and nebulous Mm -hmm. terms. You know, we think about government spending and supply chain issues. And Economists usually talk about two kinds of inflation. There's demand-pull inflation and cost-push inflation. And demand-pull is the one that comes most intuitively to us. It's about too many consumers chasing too few goods uh, where surging demand prompts short supply and prices go up. But cost-push inflation has played a role in this situation too. 
And that's where the cost of supplies go up on the business end. Uh, And we've seen that throughout this supply chain crisis that we all talk about, where businesses start charging more as a result. And so there's, there's a bit of everything going on right now. In a moment, we can get to how much of that is true and how much of that is uh, absolutely responsible for the price increases we're seeing. But first, I also want to ask you, given that those are, you know, the usual reasons for inflation, why do governments tend to get so much blame for that? Because um, all we've been seeing from uh, the opposition in federal government right now is an attempt to, to pin these rising costs on Justin Trudeau. Is that fair? Why does that happen? It's, it's always so much more complicated than we see in the political arena. What those politicians and I think pundits are referring to is a kind of demand inflation where by virtue of the government imposing record low interest rates while expanding stimulus money sort of as far as they can, it puts a lot of cheap money into the economy Mm -hmm. that Canadians can then use to buy sort of whatever they want. There is some truth to this. Sometimes it's overstated. Uh, But the idea is that governments sort of push consumers into having a lot of money to spend sort of freely. And what we've seen in this pandemic is that Yes, there have been uh, low record low interest rates, and yes, consumers have received a lot of stimulus, but there are also so many other factors that are contributing, and perhaps even contributing even more significantly to the inflation we're experiencing now. So you mentioned that there's a little bit of everything going on in terms of this kind of inflation that we're seeing. Now, is it true that It's the supply chain and it's the cost of goods and the demand for goods. And those are the sole reasons that prices are going up. I guess, are prices going up only due to inflation or is there something else at play? So in in part, it's due to those issues that I mentioned. But there are also, yeah, several other factors at play. And what these two reports that I wrote about show is that there is also a role in the corporate sector Uh, that show that companies can sort of use opportunities where inflation is high to basically exacerbate that inflation and to extend corporate profits. Hold on, sorry. Um, Who do the reports come from? And and what's their purpose in putting these together? So two reports, one comes from the Canadian Center for Policy Alternatives, which is sort of a left-leaning economic think tank out of Ottawa. Uh, The other comes from Canadians for Tax Fairness. Uh, Both of them spent the week leading up to the budget trying to figure out how much corporations are profiting off of inflation and how much those profits are contributing to inflation. Uh, The hope, I think, for both of them was that we would see uh, some sort of new tax opportunities in the Ottawa budget that, Mm -hmm. that could raise taxes on corporations for excess profits. Uh, I think that was the goal. I don't think there was much success there. Hmm. Um, But in turn, these reports spell out a pretty compelling uh, look at how how, uh, corporations play a role in inflation. Let's start with the CCPA study then. Uh, How did they calculate it and what did they find? So the Canadian Centre for Policy Alternatives, in their report, they theorized that Canada's present rate of inflation would be at least a quarter lower uh, were it not for the gains that some companies have made on price hikes during the pandemic. Um, their economist, David McDonald, did a rough calculation by 
comparing the rate at which corporate profits have increased during the pandemic to the rate at which consumer prices grew. And what he found was that since the pandemic began, Canadian households are paying about $87 billion more on consumer prices in the aggregate, while total Canadian corporate profits have grown about $22.9 billion around the same period. And you can make a fair assumption by dividing those two figures that 26% of those higher consumer prices are a result of increased corporate profits. Um, now, there are caveats to this calculation, of course. It's sort of a rough estimate. Uh, sometimes corporate profits can come from mergers or acquisitions or other means, but it's enough to show that these profits are playing a significant role in consumer prices. Did the companies themselves or or any company, I guess, have a reaction uh, to this kind of calculation? And and do they want to defend what this looks like? Because again, you, you mentioned there's all sorts of caveats. Broadly speaking, this paints a pretty aggravating picture for the average Canadian consumer. Yeah. And so what the companies say is that at the end of the day, they need to turn a profit. That is the whole point of running a business for them. And when the costs of their supplies are going up, you know, when their cargo is stuck in the Suez Canal, unfortunately, prices are going to go up too. Now, two things to note here. One is that corporate revenue is growing much faster than corporate expenses. So Statistics Canada shows that while expenses grew by about $120 billion over the past two years, corporate revenue grew by $152 billion. Um, so it's not just that corporations are keeping pace with their costs. They're keeping pace with their costs and then some. Uh, the difference between those figures would represent about a 20% profit margin for companies. Uh, and so number two, and I think most importantly here, is that corporations are having their best year ever for profits. Hmm. You know, StatsCan also shows that across the economy, corporations, their profits have hit an all-time high. Uh, and, you know, in the news, we've seen all kinds of reports about CEOs and executives receiving millions and millions of dollars in bonus pay and stock options, while shareholders are rewarded with massive dividend payouts for really a booming year. Right. Uh, and a lot of this can be attributed to higher consumer prices which is good for business. And so that suggests that there is maybe something more to this uh, than just keeping up with inflation. What about the other study from Canadians for Tax Fairness? How did it differ from the CCPA and what did it find? Yeah, so the CCPA's study is, is macroeconomic. It's looking at corporations across the Canadian economy sort of as a whole. And that's why they're referencing Statistics Canada. The Canadians for Tax Fairness specifically studied publicly traded companies, uh, I believe on the Toronto Stock Exchange, and how their profits have grown. And actually, I thought that this was quite an interesting approach uh, because it shows how the stock market sort of factors into this problem. Uh, if you're a public company uh, beholden to shareholders and quarterly earnings reports, you need to find a way at least four times a year to show everyone who invests in your company how you're maximizing shareholder value, how you're maximizing profits. Right. Um, so it's, it's a different incentive system. And so with these companies, we see much higher revenues and much higher profits. And a lot of indicators that show that these companies, you know, which include some of the really big corporations that we 
uh, most often interact with, whether that's Metro or Loblaws or Rogers, that these companies have really worked harder than others to maximize profit over the past year. I'm going to mention right here, as I love to do, uh, that Rogers also owns the Frequency Podcast Network, uh, which runs this podcast. So full disclosure, uh, my next question is more about trying to understand how the public sees this. Do you think that Canadians, by and large, understand that profit-taking is a part of inflation like this? Because to me, the term inflation, and you know, maybe I'm naive, implies this is out of our control, sorry, from stores and manufacturers, and, and not sort of, well, everything's going up and so are our profits. Yeah, it, it, it's an excellent question. And um, to an extent, I think Canadians understand that profit is part of this, or maybe I hope so. Um, I mean, when you walk into a grocery store and you see exorbitant costs for fruit and hummus, it's, you know, it's hard to not feel a little bit frustrated with the place uh, selling it to you. Mm -hmm. What I, I do worry about, though, is how our expectations change as inflation continues. Um, you know, economists often note that inflation is at its most dangerous when consumers just sort of expect prices to keep going up. Right. Because then we start just handing over more and more money. Uh, eventually, as uh, as workers, we start asking for higher wages. That prompts companies to raise their prices even more, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Soon enough, we're in an inflationary spiral. And that's where economists and the central bank mainly starts to lose control of the situation. My name is John Cullen, and I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and curling. It's the story of Broomgate, how a single broom, yes, a broom, turned friends into foes and almost killed the 500-year-old sport of curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. Broomgate, available now. What kind of role do you think the media plays in that? Um, in the intro, we played a whole bunch of clips from comedians and newscasters and everybody doing exactly what you just mentioned, right? Like everything's going up, the price of everything is increasing, groceries, gas, et cetera, et cetera. And there's not a lot of nuance to the discussions that I'm seeing about inflation in general. Does that continue the spiral, for lack of a better term? Yeah, it, it, that's an excellent point. Um, I think journalism and messaging plays a, a really a considerable role here, especially when economists talk about managing expectations for the public and how vital that is to managing inflation. You know, often when we write about inflation, we write about it in vague, nebulous terms that don't necessarily hit at the heart of what's pushing costs up. Mm -hmm. You know, as you're alluding to, sometimes I think we can represent inflation as this inevitability. And to a certain extent, inflation is something that generally happens. It's, it's part of a progression in an economy. But inflation over a certain point is a genuine problem. And that's where we want to be a little bit more careful. Uh, and so I think that, you know, attributing inflation to both, you know, the demand and supply chain issues that we're talking about, but also, you know, what role companies play in this and how they can capitalize in inflation and how, you know, those may have pushed your grocery prices up too is 
incredibly important. I think, you know, having the public understand broadly, you know, what is going on in the economy right now is just incredibly important for managing the economy itself. What role does government play in this? And again, I'm I'm speaking of the federal government specifically because uh, they're taking the blame for all the inflation that we're talking about right now, regardless of its cause. So first, I guess, how can government help people understand that, you know, it's not just all the money we handed out during the pandemic, it's also businesses raising their costs? And that's one question. And then I guess my second would be, and you could tackle these separately, is what role should the federal government be playing to curb inflation and and how do they know when it's time to step in and do that? Yeah, so I think there are several ways to approach the inflation problem from the perspective of the federal government. And it's one that is so routinely debated in political circles that I I don't even know that I have the the right answers uh, to this. I mean, on the one hand, you have the central bank, which carefully monitors inflation uh, and whose sole purpose is to manage inflation by raising interest rates. That's something that they're in the process of doing, uh, that they're doing this month. Then you have the federal government that needs to undertake very prudent fiscal policy to ensure that when it is giving out stimulus, it's doing so at the right time. And when it's withdrawing stimulus, it's also doing so at the right time when it is best for Canadians and when it's best for the economy. I think on that front, too, there's a lot of pressure on the Canadian government from think tanks and groups like the ones that wrote these reports to adjust tax measures to, you know, crack down on companies that are really profiting from inflation and are really using this opportunity to extract as much capital as they can from the problems facing the Canadian economy today. That is a decision that is left up to them. And that's an argument, I think, put forward by the think tanks, and that is theirs to make. It's a kind of pressure that I think we're going to see increase as inflation increases as well. There's nothing overtly illegal going on here. Obviously, companies can set their own prices to whatever they want. And if consumers want to pay it, that's their business. But at what point does... This is what I'm getting at with the government. Maybe not necessarily at what point do they have to step in with taxes, and they can certainly do that in the next budget or or at any point in between. But at what point do they need to educate the public or do we need to educate the public to say, hey, you know, here's what's actually going on? Because the one-line headlines are not doing it. Yeah, I'm not sure. I I don't know if it's the role of the Canadian government to, you know – to really get to the bottom of what is driving inflation, or at least to to really be pushing consumers to understand it. I almost think that that might be the role of journalists and that might be the role of media and, you know, the groups that really seek at their core to explain to the public what's going on. Admit, I, you know, honestly, I have a feeling that the federal government would love for people to think that inflation is a result of sort of anything but themselves. Right. But I almost think that if you're the Canadian government right now, what you need to be concerned about is enacting monetary policy and fiscal policy that can help the situation. You know, there is a role for the Canadian government in that sense. Uh, I almost think that when it comes to to messaging uh, and when it comes to explanations, that's something that should come from us and from pundits and from think tanks like the CCPA and Canadians for Tax Fairness. Totally fair. Um, last question. 
what do we know about what the future holds in terms of, you know, the spiral we talked about earlier and any measures that may or may not come? I know uh, as we we're speaking, there was some pretty incredible data from the United States today uh, about their inflation rate. I am assuming, though I know nothing about this, that that probably doesn't bode well for us. But like, what should we expect in the near term? Yeah, so we we are going to expect that prices are going to keep going up. Yeah, as you saw in the US, inflation jumped by 8.5% in the past year. That's the highest it's been since 1981. In Canada, last month, we saw a 5.7% increase, which goes back to, it hasn't been that high since the 90s, you know, around the time of the Cold War ending. It's not clear when this is going to abate. Uh, Notoriously, last summer, the central bank suggested that inflation would subside by this time. Needless to say, that didn't happen. Now, you know, the central bank is saying that it will subside by this time next year. But there's so many uncertainties it's so hard to predict how consumer prices change that it's almost impossible to know. You know, nobody could have predicted a war in the Ukraine that would push up bread prices around the world. There are all these kinds of uncertainties that happen that we just can't account for no matter how prudent of an economist you are. So prices are going up. The central bank and the Canadian government are going to have to do more to try to curb it. But in the meantime, I think that it's incredibly useful for consumers to to know specifically why their prices are going up, what the causes are, and how, you know, some of the places that they shop at on a day-to-day basis may be contributing to it. Jacob, thanks so much for this. And I assume that means we should expect continued interest rate hikes as well. I would expect that. All right. Well, <laughs> break out the wallet. Thanks again for uh, for helping us out today. My pleasure. Jacob Lawrence of the Toronto Star. That was The Big Story. For more from us, head to thebigstorypodcast.ca. Find us on Twitter at thebigstoryfpn. Talk to us anytime via email, thebigstorypodcast, all one word, at rci.rogers.com. And of course, find us in every podcast player and every smart speaker. Thanks for listening. I'm Jordan Heath-Rawlings. We'll talk tomorrow.